there, folks. Welcome back. It's the SoCo Show, episode number 151. This is, of course, the co-host, Cody Michael, joined, as always, by the so-host, Seth Ott. We've done 151? Yep, 151 today. Man, feels like it's been like 351. Yeah, it does. It's, it's been uh, too, It feels like it's been an eternity sitting here talking to you. It's like, man, when's it going to end? Yep. That's how I feel, too. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> also wishing for this all to end, uh, back yet another time. At Jared Buckendall. Welcome back, JB. What is going on? You know what? You, you, we're at 151, right? Uh-huh. Yep. So you know what that means? We, I have a breaking recipe for you guys out there. I'm going to teach you guys how to make caribou loo. So you're going to get <laughs> oh, 151 rum, pineapple juice, <laughs> And then some Malibu, <laughs> caribou. Um, one fifty-one rum. You know, you know who is juice, Malibu, caribou. That that's uh, actually named after one of the most uh, infamous people in in the history of sports, uh, the caribou. Who uh, he? I think he 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 might be calling into the into the stream here. Let's click him in. Sports. We're Lou Hawks. Sup, losers. Oh, uh, Caribou Lou is in the house. Um, <laughs> where, where, where are you doing? Where, where are you quarantining, Lou? I'm in Cincinnati right now in my uh, my summer home. How, how's the weather out there in Cincinnati? Oh, super. Sunny every day. Uh, 66 had been the temperature. Uh, <laughs> really superb. Man, so Jared talked about the Caribou Lou drink. Uh, can you tell us how you how you created that, how that started? Well, I was sipping. Uh, I was sipping on champagne <laughs> with my good friend Sam Smith, and Sam turned to me and he said, "Lou, you need you need yourself a signature cocktail." And so I uh, called my buddy Tech Nine, and uh, you know the oh, rest. Lou, you, as, you got the real high pitch there for a second, Lou. Yeah, sorry, sorry. Some, sometimes Lou forgets who he is. Um, but <laughs> Tech Tech Nine said. Uh, Lou, we need to get you a signature song for your signature cocktail, and uh, the rest, as they th- as as they say, <laughs> is history. <laughs> and and Lou, uh, I heard you've been watching a lot of movies um, during the quarantine. You've been stuck inside. One, you gave a review for one uh, recently that the DC movie had a team up. Um, a lot of people didn't like it, but I heard you did. What, what was that movie? Well, it's a suicide squad. <laughs> <laughs> suicide squad, yeah. That was one of the best, uh, one of the best movies since about 2006, I would say. Yeah. Uh, well, really I, I'm, glad, I'm glad you like it. Jared, do you have any questions while Lou's here? I know you've seen him once before in person, but uh, you know, while we're over the phone, do you have any questions for, for old Lou? I don't know. I, I guess Lou, hello. Um you know, during the during the summer, you know, we're all quarantined and everything. Like, for those hot days, are you going out and like laying down a bunch of like tarps and stuff? Kind of like, what do you what do you call that when you slide down? What you get something really like uh, you put like a tarp down and get it really wet and you run and slide on. What what do you call that? Yeah, so we got one of those uh, at the summer estate. Uh, we call it the Holtz slip and slide. <laughs> so. Basically, what Lou does is uh, gets a big piece of tarp and stands up about like a hundred chicks, and then Lou just talks, and the the slip and slide becomes very slippery. Oh no! Because of all the chicks, 
And so that's what I do. And if there is any dry spots, then we just we just hit them with a little spritz. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, man. All right, that's it, for, that's it for old Lou. Old Lou's tired and sick, sick of conversating with you losers. Well. So, Lou, uh, you know it's good to have you here. Uh, glad, glad to have you back on the show. Um, you know, we really enjoyed some of your your we enjoyed your commercial uh, on the sketch show way back when. Um, hopefully, we hear from more of you soon. So, Lou, thanks for joining us. We'll see. Sign our scumbags. Sports. With Lou Holtz. <laughs> That's probably none of that is understandable, but I'm keeping it all. <laughs> <laughs> Oh wow, Caribou Lou in the house. It's always good to have, always good to have Lou Holtz joining the show. It's been a long time uh, since we've had him on, so uh, feels sounds good like to he's talk, doing talk well. Lou. In in honor of uh, yeah, in honor of uh, Lou Holtz's favorite band, Stained. Um, it's been a while. <laughs> it has been a while. Been a while. Wow. Uh, nice to have old Lou drop in on us on uh, what's already going to be a, a very fun and exciting show. Uh, we got a couple bits of news to talk about, but uh, a few TV reviews, a few uh, movie reviews, and uh, Jared has missed the boat, uh, and so he'll be he'll be reviewing a movie <clears throat> that we recommended to him as well. So lots of fun stuff to come, but you know, before Gross. we get into any of that, we got to start with some chic tweets. I call you a punk. We heard, uh, I don't remember how long, it, it was a little while back. Iron Sheik isn't a fan of uh, quinoa, um, and uh, he this week apparently encountered uh, some quinoa in the wild um, and had to tweet about it. So he said, I beat the fuck out of the quinoa salad bar. <laughs> I got to agree with old Lou here. I'm not a fan of the quinoa. Um, yeah, that's it. I just really am not. But I will say quinoa in the wild would make a great band for like like a folk band, yeah. I think. If they traveled around the country singing folk songs about quinoa, they'd be quinoa in the wild. <laughs> yep. That's the joke. That's the one I'm going with. We're going to keep <laughs> it going, too. <laughs> Shake tweets! I call you a punk! All right, let's shout out those sponsors. Uh, we got to start out with audibletrial.com slash SoCo. Hit the link in the description. You're going to get 30 days of Audible and your first book for free. Free! Uh, keep thinking about Audible. We're going to come back to this in a second, but uh, we've got a reason for you to be uh, checking out that free subscription in a little bit, so stay tuned on that. But first, uh, shouts out also to Mathis Designs. Head over and find our friend Steph on etsy.com slash shop slash Mathis Designs for all your stationary and graphic design needs. And of course, Mike's Wood. Head over to Etsy.com slash shop slash cornfed and wed to get your wood worked. <sighs> Man. That's 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 the relaxing sound of someone putting their feet up after a long hard day. Yes, <laughs> yes, their feet. And I'm not gonna give you an opportunity to correct me because that's exactly what that sound was supposed to sound like. And we well. move on. Feet are involved, at least. Mm. Oh, my God. There we fucking I go. really like I feet. I really like feet. <laughs> oh, I, it almost lined up perfectly. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, what else do we like? The other thing we like is Anchor. Let's head over to uh, one more previously recorded ad. Uh, talk about them. 
All right, great stuff always over on Anchor. Big shout out to our contributors, Mike V, Jared B, uh, Casey C, and Anna S. Uh, big shout out to you guys. Thank you for supporting the show, keeping it going on a monthly basis. Uh, Ashley, soon to come, not on this episode, but soon to come, some announcements uh, about how we're, we're putting some of those funds to good use uh, to improve upon the show. So some some exciting stuff coming down the pipe. We're not ready to ex- announce anything yet, but um, just know we're, we're, we're putting those bucks to a good place. And, uh, and you're going to get to see some of that come b- right back to you guys, the listeners uh, of the show. So look forward to that. Um, if you haven't become a contributor yet but would like to, there's a link to our Anchor page in the description box. Uh, you can head on over there, shoot us a couple bucks a month. Uh, if not, if you don't want to become a contributor, uh, feel free to just keep listening to these episodes. Keep clicking on every episode. Keep sharing them with friends because uh, every listen helps out the show uh, through our ads as well. So uh, big shout out to all of y'all for, for helping us keep the show going and keep improving upon it. For now, though, we got a couple bits of uh, a couple bits of news to discuss. I want to start with the the more exciting one, uh, at least for me. We talked about Audible uh, a bit ago. The first one of the first books that I ever listened to on Audible uh, was Ready Player One, and I know all of us here. Jared, you've read that one, I assume, right? Uh, Ready Player One. I know yeah. did not read it, but I watched the movie. So does that count? No, it does not. Okay, uh, well, I tried. <laughs> I like the movie just fine. Uh, I know it didn't do super well. It wasn't critically reviewed uh, crazy well. It's a masterpiece. Uh, I definitely piece. think. I think there's a place for it. I definitely think the book is better. Top year. movie of the year, <laughs> guys. It's on my top movies of the year. There you go. I'd fire that guy. Um, so the movie's good, but the book is exceptional. Um, Seth and I really enjoyed it, especially the audio version, um, which again you can get for free on Audible if you fire up that uh, that free trial. But um, we got big news just today. Um, by today, I mean uh, July the 8th. Uh, Ernest Klein has announced a release date for Ready Player Two, the upcoming sequel. Uh, this is to the book, and it's going to be coming out this November. So if you are looking for a reason to use that Audible free trial, uh, hold on to it until November, and uh, you can get Ready Player Two for free. I know at least Seth and I will be picking that up day one. Yes. Uh, I know anchor contributor Mike V is also going to be on that day one uh, purchase train. So Ready Player Two, uh, I believe it has already been optioned for a movie. And so I would expect there will be a, a film follow-up too, but who knows yet how that's going to look. Um, but uh, that particular author, it kind of seems like all of his shit is, is getting optioned you, right now. So we'll see. Do you, th- do you think if they do a Ready Player Two movie, do you think like – Everyone will come back. Do you think like they'll have the main kid, main guy back? Who played him? I forgot. Uh, uh, I think it was name? wasn't it Bruce Willis? <laughs> it was Bruce Willis. Yeah, they de-aged him and put hair on him and changed his voice and his eye color. But yeah, it was it was Bruce Willis. Yeah. Uh, what the fuck was that guy's name? He looks exactly like Ansel Elgort to me, uh, but it's not him. Ty Ty Sheridan. Ty, Ty Sheridan. Yep. Yeah, um, um, and I, I liked him as well. Heir to the fine. Sheraton uh, inheritance. It's true, yeah, it's true. Hotels but, abound. Like maybe, I, well, Steel, Spielberg come back. Like same, have the same cast. Because like the movie, it did okay in the theaters, and reviews were. I didn't really like the movie, but reviews were decent. So like, mm-hmm. I, I wonder if I'm, they'll they'll get everyone back for it. I'm curious. Um, again, you guys know more than I do. Is there any inkling of what this story entails? Yes, ish. From what I remember, um, there is they give there's there's certainly a jumping off point that you assume is what they're going to explore from the oh end boy. of the first one. Um, 
but I don't think we've gotten really much um, in terms of, you know, plot details or anything like that. I, I haven't read any, um, but I, I, based on the end of the first book, uh, I think I've got a pretty good indication of where, where they're going to go in general, oh, but it wait. will be interesting. Um, but yeah, you're right. They, they, it could be the case potentially that they've gone completely away from most or all of the characters from the first book. You know um, what? It's, for this one, just thinking about it, like um, now that Last of Us Two has come out, and we don't know when movies are coming out uh, again in the theaters. I think that's Ready Player Two, which the book is what I'm like the most excited for in the near future. The, like, the rest I, of the year, <laughs> yeah. Like I can't, I can't wait for that. It is kind of. It's been a long time since my most anticipated list was topped by a book. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah, I agree with you on that one. But yeah, this definitely well the the movie thing will be interesting because it will have been a long time. Even if they started making the movie today, uh, it will have been a pretty lengthy distance between the two films. So you're you're worried about people potentially aging. Uh, you're worried about what Spielberg's schedule is going to be looking like. All these other actors and what their schedule, especially like Lena Waithe, who was a uh, came into a kind of a big role in the first one. Um, if that character around in the second one, they're going to have a hard time with her schedule. Uh, and I don't know, I don't have in front of me how it performed financially, but I wouldn't be surprised if if, if there's a lot of change um, and they don't bring back Spielberg. Maybe they have they different should. writers or, or something. I wouldn't be, we, that wouldn't surprise me at all. I mean, we I, I've said it from the beginning. I know you've agreed. Like, it should be a TV series. It just, ha- like, yeah. there's so much in it packed within this book. And it's not a super long book, but there's so much packed within this world. The world build here is like mm-hmm. it's it's probably the best I've I've read in a book like and that includes like Harry Potter's, you know they've had they have seven books to build that entire world. They do so much within just this one book, mm-hmm. and there's like the story is packed. Like you, you you could do so much with with a series, and then if you combine it with whatever Ready Player Two is, and you have you have potentially maybe even six seasons of a show right there with two books Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i mean again coming from someone who has not read the book and only seen the movie i mean the stuff that they just hint at and kind of showcase for a quick second i'm like why can't we go in there like what what's going on over there like if it's any bit of that i'm on board they just skips over over so many like adventures and obstacles and relationships like it the movie just I think for adapting a book like that, they did a good job. Even though I don't really like the movie, it's like they did a good enough job of not at least ruining it. You know, it's like mm-hmm. it's it was a good it, it, movie on itself. If I wouldn't have read the book, I'd be like yeah, that's a good movie. You know, I'd have enjoyed it. But there's so much more they could do, and that's where the the, the series would be so much better. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I maybe that maybe that is what I'm rooting for. I would I would be interested in a in a continuation of the of the movie. Uh, I'd still watch it, but I think if I had right. my druthers, then yeah, absolutely. The the show is what I honestly. If if you gave me the option, Cody, that movie never came out at all, mm-hmm. uh, and we're starting a series today. I would take that option because I do. Mm-hmm. I agree with you. There's so much to explore here, um, and like single little. There's a there's a in the movie, um, Wade gets access to this special quarter um, that gives him a free man at one point. And the way that he gets that is really like glossed over in the, Uh in the movie. Like he happens upon it, but there's like a really deep and interesting story about how he gets that. 
uh, it has to do with Pac-Man actually. Yeah. Um, about how he gets it in the book that like you could spend an ep- a 40 minute episode on and it would be fascinating. You could learn so much about Pac-Man and get to see some action. Um, there's they, a lot. There's a lot. And I don't remember the movie very clearly, but did they change the first egg in the movie to something different? Isn't the first they egg combined the race? it? Yeah. So what they did, they changed the first, um, the key. You, so you had to get the key, and key, then you had sorry, to go to that's the what gate. I meant. Sorry, mm-hmm. key. Yeah, and and the first key is what they changed. Uh, they changed a lot, but they changed the first key. It was a game called Joust in the book, yep. and in the movie, it's the race, and it's what opens the opens the thing. Doesn't but they don't play even against touch like a dragon school. or some shit though. It's a demon. Some sort of demon pops yeah. out and he has to beat him in joust. Um, yeah. And a really cool and intense yeah. scene. Like, <laughs> oh, all, man. Like, I'm ex- I, I can't wait to read or listen to this again. Like, I, I can't wait to get back into it because the book yeah. is so much better. Like, there's so it much really more in is. there. Man, I got to check this book out. I love it, The book, man. dude, it's... you, Jared, you are going to love the book. And is it, I would it... highly recommend the audio okay. version because yes. it's, it's, it's read by Will Wheaton reads it. And so, you know, you're getting proper pronunciations of all the nerd shit, which is Mm -hmm. important, but also he has, I've listened to a fair amount of audiobooks, and as much as anybody, he really actually puts a performance into it a little bit. And so there are scenes from the book that I remember very vividly and specifically exact exact words from. There's one specifically, I know Seth and I are thinking of the same thing. I can picture, I can picture the stuff in my head from listening to the book more than I can the movie. Like I, I remember yeah. less of the movie of what that actually looks like than the book. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's how vivid it's, it is. For anyone who's never gotten an audio book, ready player one is a brilliant first. Jared. Do, but how do I before? get audio books? Have you had audible before Jared? I thought you were going to plug audible. <laughs> I'm trying to get you to sign up to Audible. Um, I, I feel like I have, do. but I wonder if it like expires after hey, a while. Honestly, I'll get try. A different e- get a different email or something, okay. and then yeah, yeah, get I'll... your free audiobook for Ready Player One. Yep. And we'll get we'll get. A little and then scratch. you guys use the money to buy Dogecoin. <laughs> That's what we'll do. We'll get some Dogecoin. Some <laughs> Dogecoin. Oh my god! This will be. Um, well, what I can promise is that the SoCo show will be doing a review of Ready Player Two as soon as yeah. uh, as soon as Seth and I get me, finished. Me, you, and Mike are gonna like race to get it done first. Oh yeah, Mike's gonna crush us in that race. <laughs> He's really good at getting stuff listened to. But um, yeah, that'll be something. We'll probably have Mike back on actually to talk uh, talk Ready Player Two once we get the book out. But definitely a lot of news to come uh, around the the potential movie, oh, whether man. there's a show adaptation. Um, but, uh, we are really stoked for the book. So make sure you guys, uh, again, if you haven't yet, uh, used your audible free trial, or if you want to use a second account and set that one up for free, um, yeah, you then see? November would be a great time to do it. For free, you see, you'll get a free account and yeah, a free, free book. Free audio book, see? Free! <laughs> there we go. Uh, that don't impress me much. Uh, 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 that was an accident, but I feel like... We oh, man, that was jiving, man. Yeah, that's a funky one. Uh, what else is in the news this week? It wasn't a lot uh, wasn't a lot of news, but uh, this was interesting to me. Uh, we had Janelle Monet, who Seth just recently enjoyed in Homecoming Season 2. Um, yes. She has come out and said that she has a high degree of interest in playing the character Storm in, in future adaptations of the X-Men movies. So we know that the X-Men sort of migration 
over to MCU uh, is has started in earnest. You know, uh, we haven't seen anyone on screen yet, but you know, Marvel's obviously working on those things right now. And so Janelle Monae kind of throwing her hat in the ring uh, as Storm. And this this is interesting to me uh, because one, I think she would be a fantastic Storm, and I'd be interesting to see interested to see not only how she performs in that role, but who they surround her with. Like if Janelle Monae is Storm then that kind of sets an age level kind of across the whole group. Uh, it can. It doesn't necessarily have to. Um, but I'm curious in terms of, guys, it, let's say, for example, you let's, let's, let's say that the news today was that Janelle has been cast as Storm. Um, does that make you excited for the MCU's X-Men? Does it change your opinion at all? Or, or does it inform uh, any sort of other assumptions that you're making around, around what you'd seen? I think uh, I think that it's great casting because uh, if they go the way of Storm with a mohawk, I feel like she would look badass with a mohawk. Um, mm-hmm. Definitely killing that. Plus, I mean, again, this is all speculation and whatnot. You gotta introduce her in Black Panther too. I think that that's like the perfect time yep. too to also introduce her and also kind of be like, hey, uh, these people are slowly going to come into the universe. So, her as Storm, absolutely on top four because again. Um, movie-wise, she was, what, in Hidden Figures and what other... She has that Antebellum coming up, I believe, and a few other yep. things, right? Yep. Antebellum is the one I'm really excited to see her in. Hidden Figures, she was really good in. She's she She's was, been in a few other things. I, I struggle to come up with her. For my, she was in Harriet for a bit. She was in um, Welcome to Marwin. Um, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, I liked her in that. Moonlight. She was in Moonlight. Rio 2, of course. Uh, oh, yes, of course. <sighs> the pivotal Rio 2. Yeah, and uh, this has been Seth Reed's IMDb titles. <laughs> oh, that's why he's one of the greats, folks. Uh, he's really, really good at reading IMDb. I'm good at reading IMDb. Hire me. So we we obviously like the casting. Um, let, if 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 they bring her in and they bring in the whole X Men kind of around her, you didn't even uh, ask my you know, opinion. <laughs> oh. What do you think of Janelle Monae's storm, Seth? <laughs> well, I don't think it's very good, just so I can oh. be a contrarian. <gasps> no, <kidding>. Oh. <laughs> Scoop. Um, no, I, I, I enjoy it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I enjoy it. I'm really glad that we circled back. Um, I'm sure folks, I just the felt folks at home excluded, are... man. That's why well, I, I, I don't excluded want to exclude X-Men. You. Wow, good. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. I definitely there's no way there's no way that they get it over to Marvel and they don't somehow use that theme. Oh, oh dude, they, they gotta remix that, like uh remaster it almost. Like that would be so they, awesome. That would they be a thousand percent will do that. That that would be like I would be as excited or close to as excited for that as I was when Go go Power Rangers oh, dude. was in that movie. God, that was that the was best incredible. five seconds of that movie. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we like fucking screamed. <laughs> yeah, that was that was a whole experience for us. But yeah, they'll it, even if it's like someone's ringtone or if it's playing in the back, like they will find a way to make that a part of it. I have no doubt. Um, oh, but man, that's such a good one. Let's say we have Janelle Monet coming in. She's obvi- she's a grown adult, so we're not talking about the kids that we've had in these most recent 
um, iterations of X-Men, but is there anyone that you might surround her with as you start to fill out the rest of your X-Men? Does anyone come to mind that you think would play off well with her? So I was sitting here just, you know, while you were talking, doing some uh, image searching and kind of, you know, people picking comparisons. Um, the one that jumps out at me, and again, I don't know if they're going to go the traditional Wolverine, kind of a smaller one rather than, you know, the tall one that everyone Jack was kind Black. of. Jack Black. Yeah, Jack Black. No, uh, Danny DeVito. <laughs> <laughs> hey, bub. Um, you hey, get, asshole, uh, I'm Wolverine. Hey, Come hey, get asshole. me. Shing, shing. <laughs> <laughs> um... I think you can get uh, Taron Egerton to be Wolverine. I, I think that he would potentially work with, throw some sideburns on him. I think he could bulk up maybe. Um, I don't know. I'm curious what you guys have to think. And then for some reason, uh, the only redhead that's coming to mind for me, even though they could throw a wig on anyone, is uh, Sorsa Ronan as uh, Phoenix Sersha. or whatever. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, yeah. That, Sersha. That, Sersha. 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 Yeah. Sersha. Sersha. Yeah, I would definitely dig Sersha. And there, I w- another bet I would make is that Marvel's already in touch with Sersha about something. No, whether or not it's whether or not it's that role, they're they're trying to get her in there. I would I would bet anything. You think Squirrel Girl? <laughs> Squirrel Girl, that could be that could be interesting. I Squirrel you're, you're Girl's Natasha Squirrel Leone. Girl. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> hey, what the fuck? I'm trying to get some nuts here. <laughs> hey. <laughs> I'm not in here. <laughs> um, I I guess for me it's it's interesting because I, I like Janelle Monae and, and I think this is a really cool casting. Um, for whatever reason though, X Men and the MCU, I just have not. Uh, I, I I just don't really care. Like in general, I I don't know if it's because I haven't liked um the most recent couple of movies that that they've put out. Obviously, it's going to be very different with the new set of X-Men, but other than the fact that it's Janelle Monae, I, I find myself having a hard time getting excited See, for X-Men stuff. I'm excited, not specifically for X-Men, but I'm just excited for Fantastic Four. I'm excited for everything to be back there. And, yeah. you know, like, you can have so many different interactions. That's what I'm, because those are my favorite, like, as a kid, when they interacted, different heroes would come in and out of X-Men and Spider-Man and all that, like, on the cartoons. Like, that was that was so awesome. I was so, always so excited when that happened. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I had the the uh, Captain America and the Avengers Super Nintendo game, and that was always fun because you had all these different characters you could play as. So I think that's maybe where my love started of it. But um, I think that's what's cool is, like, any movie, any one of these people could show up, and there's so many references and so many dots to connect and all that. Like, I, I love it all. That, that brings up a question. I'm curious. Do you guys want them to essentially, you know, continue? They, they've kind of laid out their plate or uh, slate, I'd rather, of phase four. Plate slate. Plate slate. Plate slate um, of phase four hinted at five. Do you want them to drop individual hints and characters and then build up? Or do you want just boom, here's a movie? I like the hints. Uh, yeah, I, like I do the... too. I want like boom, hey, here's one individual character so you know it's coming, but also it's like they're not entirely connected to just that group. Mhm. I think the um especially with Storm uh and it's interesting cuz again, I want to reiterate, there's no rumor, there's no casting news or anything like that. This is just an Elmo saying she would like to play Storm. But um if that is the case, if they do want to introduce Storm, would be a really easy one to introduce first. Because Jared, you're right; she has that connection to Wakanda, and um, she'd be e- really easy to introduce her in Black Panther too. So, like, that's a really easy one. You could bring in like an Xavier if it's an aged Xavier, which I I hope they go back to. Um, Xavier. 
you could bring him in really at any point as someone who like is talking to um, the government or pops into some, you know, big uh, war room, you know, or something like that. Magneto mm-hmm. could pop up at any time. There's a lot of them. And I, that's where I'm at too. I agree with you, Seth, that I hope they bring us a couple characters from that world and then maybe later hit us with an X-Men movie. Fantastic Four though, you got to bring them in all at once. Um, Cause yeah, their well, origin their is tied. Orig- yeah, their origins all t- yeah, together. Yeah. So with exception to them, um, which one of the early rumors slash dreamcasting I had heard was for John Krasinski maybe as Captain, um, not Captain, but Mr. Fantastic. Uh, I would support that one. I think I think he'd be a pretty interesting casting. Um, and I do think, I think a lot of these are going to be like big time stars. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I really don't think they're going to cast a bunch of unknowns in this. This actually, this also comes on the heels, speaking of MCU news, we did hear that... Um, the Black Widow, the mantle of the Black Widow uh, is rumored, not necessarily even rumored, I think it's even been told to us um, from some people within Marvel that the mantle will be passed from Scarlett Johansson's character to um, Florence oh Pugh. Florence, Florence Pugh, Pugh. Sorry, sorry. To Florence Pugh's character, and whether or not that happens in the upcoming movie Black Widow, we don't know, but um, I want to get your guys' thoughts on that too. If Florence Pugh enters the fold um, you know, in sort of the current timeline or whatever, post Endgame, as Black Widow. Do you, do you think that'll Do you think that'll make sense? Do you think it'll fit uh, if she just kind of comes in as the new Black Widow? A new challenger approaches. <laughs> um, I think Seth or someone else in the chat last night of Jbuck Live, plug plug plug. Um, plug plug mentioned where the hell is she during Endgame? <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. she disappeared. Okay, I mean, she- she could have gotten like dusted, I would suppose, right? Because I think, I think well, the, I think the the passing that passing of the mantle, so to speak, which I fucking hate that as a as a as a phrase, pass the mantle. But anyway, um, it could have happened at any time because the even even if it happens during the Black Widow movie, even if she like becomes friends with her or whatever. Uh, she could easily be like on assignment or on house arrest, like Ant Man was, or anything like. There will be some sort of excuse for why she wasn't in Infinity War, and then it's really easy just to say she got dusted. Well, and that's why she what, wasn't in Endgame. What if though? Because like, the thing is, like, when when does she hand it over? Because she's still Black Widow in Endgame, right? Mm-hmm. Nobody. So nobody's called her Black Widow since like. God, I think Avengers one maybe, and it's like really offhand. It's not even no one ever refers to it's her. Like, as hey, Black are you Widow. the Black Widow? She's just Natasha. So like, I think I think what we'll see. This is my my um, uh, prediction is that we'll see them get close, and we'll see like a all right, I'll call you if I need you type thing at the end of at the end of the Black Widow movie, and then she'll show up on her own in a post in a post end game movie set on that timeline she'll just show up and then she'll get brought into the fold i don't i don't think it i don't i don't need for it to be uh scarlett johansson going okay you're black widow now i i really i don't think it'll be that way and i certainly don't need that um but if she kind of folded into the team um as as a similar character with obviously a similar fighting style and everything i don't even need her to be called black widow um but I think it could be interesting to see her fit in and kind of change that character's role a little bit from being kind of the den mother to something else. Um, so it could be interesting, but I don't know. And you're right, they could handle it a thousand different ways. Uh, maybe they travel forward in time in Black Widow and, and 
some shit goes down. I don't know. I I personally want them to actually do a legit her handing the electric baton over to her so then I can actually understand what is happening. <laughs> make just make it really clean and simple. Yes. Be like, what is happening? I am handing you my baton. What do you, what if that happens at the beginning of the movie? Like she just hands her a baton in battle to like help out with a fight, and that's what they meant by oh, it. I'm gonna she ch- handed her a baton. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the whole scoop. Yeah. Well, a hundred bucks so, you'll get you'll get like a. You remember how in um, the Winter Soldier they had all those shots of Bucky like holding the shield or like at a certain angle where it was like, oh, they're going to make him Captain America. Mm-hmm. Uh, I bet you you'll see some of that. There'll be some shots where like she'll pick up her weapon or put on her clothes or something. Um, and it'll be like, oh, watch out. She's going to be Black Widow. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm hoping if she's going to hand over anything, I want it to be the Glock that she uses in the Battle of New York in the first Avengers, <laughs> which is a, a hilarious thing to bring to an alien fight. Just a, fucking, <laughs> you know, just a handgun. Hey, this is all I got. Yeah, there's certainly, I mean, we could do, we could spend days speculating on, on the MCU, um, but uh, it sounds like we're all in agreement, at least, that Janelle Monet would make a pretty dope Storm. Um, and it, I, I do think, I think you could start with Storm. I think it, you could bring her in as the first of the X-Men mm-hmm. uh, and and have it kind of spin out there from there. But you're right, we don't, I mean, it seems like they designed this this slate of Phase 4 movies, like, just barely before the Fox deal happened. And so whether or not that continues to change, phase four, phase five, whether that changes and evolves uh, and ends up looking different from what we're expecting today, I I think is likely also. Mm -hmm. So it could be that we get a Fantastic Four in phase four, probably more likely in like a phase five. But uh, I think those are coming sooner rather than later. I don't think they're going to sit on them for very long. Like Shang-Chi is just, I I hope I'm wrong about this. Shang-Chi just probably isn't a flagship property that they're going to hang it's you know it's it i just doubt it's going to be something that is a tentpole for a phase you know and i think i think phase four is full of movies like that where it's like they could be really great but none of them are iron man none of them are captain america mm-hmm. and um i think a fantastic four or an x-men could be that that really focal point of of a, a phase and so i wouldn't be surprised at all if they rush it and and get them in four or five uh i don't even think it would be a bad thing um, I got another question for you guys. You know, we, we've had, what, 20 years of X-Men movies. We also had that 90s uh, cartoon that we all, I'm assuming, watched growing up and whatnot. Do you want them to potentially switch up the core group? Because we've kind of, in the in the cartoons and the movies, we kind of got the central, like, six or seven people. Like, would you like it to completely be you know, three of the people that we're familiar with, you know, Storm, Cyclops, Wolverine, and then bring in, like, other X-Men and try to make them a thing? Or do you want that notoriety? Do you want that familiarity to those characters? I think it's probably just... There, I don't think there's a lot of other great ones besides the ones that they've, you know, kind of had as the core. Like, I think that's a problem. You start getting into some weird characters Like and stuff. Toad and the Blob <laughs> yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah. So I, I think that the ones they got are... I, you know, and and you know, I guess like Quick Quicksilver um, wasn't used a ton. Um, I mean, he's been used more recently, but you know, so like that's one that I think you could maybe give some more notoriety to. Um, Scarlet Witch, you know, I guess was was an X Men originally too. So like, I can't really do that now. But you could bring um, in Magneto as her dad, though. That no, because cool. they already said that it, they were a clone. 
for well, right, but it could still be. From, it could still be your dad that was just like out there somewhere, still alive after because mm. they thought their family died in Sokovia. So like they could still do a family. What I'm, I guess, where I'm driving at is they. I really hope that they don't give us a, the exact group that we just had in the same way. I would, I would rather see them maybe scattered, um, and we get to see like what Stor- like Storm and Wakanda is a perfect example of this. Um, is like let's find out what they're all doing, and then maybe later we can bring them together. Um, mm-hmm. Or we can go to the school, and maybe maybe old Xavier is there with a bunch of kids, but the X Men that we're aware of, the the famous popular ones, are out kind of in the world. But like, there's like the the fire guy who's like related somehow to the ice guy. Like there there's a compelling storyline there that could be cool. There's a bunch of stories in there that they can mine. I I really don't just want to watch the love triangle between Wolverine, Cyclops, and Jean Grey again with new characters. That's what I absolutely do not want. But we'll see. The Quicksilver and, and Scarlet Witch actually is interesting to me because they kind of had to retcon their original origin, and now they have an opportunity to use what should have been their origin. So whether or not they do try to shoehorn in uh, Magneto and it, and make them related in any way, I'll be interested to see how and if they do try to do that. Whether or not he's her dad, but somehow if they're connected, um, it could be interesting. I don't know. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I feel like that just is almost unnecessary. And who knows by that point, like if um, Scarlet Scarlet Witch Elizabeth Olsen is still or not Elizabeth Olsen? Is that yeah? Is that right? Yeah, yeah, that's right. Is there two Elizabeth? Actually, isn't it Brie Elizabeth Olsen? Moss? Yeah. Okay, I'm right. Elizabeth Olsen. Um. Anyway, it, who knows how long she's around for? You know, like who? How, like how many more movies has she signed on for? If she's gonna stick mm-hmm. around. You know, she's already been around for a while now, you know, closing in. She, well, she came in, like, Age of Ultron, right? Yeah. So. Oh, that uh, reminds me, you, can, you they can't use Quicksilver. They killed him. Yeah, yeah, same thing. So unless they so, do a second one. It just probably doesn't matter at this point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that's my thing is, like, use the characters, use the stories, especially take some of the villains. Magneto, I think, is a dope um, addition to have access to I okay what are you guys' thoughts on this I've heard a rumor and it's more of like a a thing people are shipping um to cast uh Magneto and Xavier as black um because some people don't realize this I'm sure you two do but those characters are based on uh Malcolm X and Martin Luther King Jr and so to really hammer that in by making them black I think, well, for one thing, they'd be dealing with a social media shitstorm of people who didn't like that. <laughs> but I think that could potentially be a really compelling story, um, it, whether or not they're black or white. But that that idea of them kind of going against each other. Uh, what would you th- if they if they cast them as black? Do you think that would be other than the obvious shitstorm it create? What what would you think of something like that? I, I honestly I would be down because I like to see things switched up. I like to see almost like a good example is Spider-Man uh, Into the Spider-Verse where Doc Ock was mm-hmm. a woman. Like I like to yeah. see that kind of switch up. Um, I know that some people, maybe it was a fan casting or someone I was talking to, but they were throwing the name uh, Sterling K. Brown around as someone oh, yeah. in the MCU because he hasn't been there yet, has he? Yes, he was in Black Panther. Oh, Panthers. he was just was. Oh, was yeah, he? He's, um, Shoot. He's uh, Michael B's dad. Okay. Well, f- scrap that then. I mean, he's dead, though, so they can recast him if they want. Yeah, they won't do that. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
Yeah, I mean, whoever they, I mean, I whoever's the best for the part. I mean, that's that's all I ever think. Like, I don't care. Like, especially with, people take this stuff way too seriously with comics, where it's like, just why why doesn't matter. the look isn't the most important thing. I mean, I guess with like Superman, even that though, it doesn't matter. Like, as long as you have the curl, like that's all that matters with the with the thing is like, you just got to have the curl for the look. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it's it it is what it is. Like. Whoever's the best for the part and, and, you know, knows the character the best and all that stuff, that's all that really matters at the end of the day. Yeah. I tend to agree, and I I like what you said, Jared, because I do think that Into the Spider-Verse opened up a lot of doors for this. And it is a cartoon, so maybe maybe that helped its cause. But, like, no one gave a shit that that movie is a Spider-Man movie about a black Mm Spider-Man. Like, no one cared. And probably it's helped by the fact that there, there's precedence for it because the comic exists. But I, I, I agree. I don't think it's how they look really that's important. I think, it, I think what people gravitate to is, are the stories and the, the traits of the character. And in a lot of cases, in some cases, the ethnicity or the nationality of the character is important. Um, but in others, it's not so much. And, and so to... Uh, to kind of play with that a little bit and get creative, I think Spider-Verse maybe has opened the door for some of that. And so I wouldn't be surprised, if, if even if it's not Xavier or Magneto, if some of these new characters come in uh, looking quite a bit different than what we're expecting, either gender-swapped or race-swapped, or maybe there's an LGBTQ character who wasn't in the comics. I think you might start seeing some of that with some of these characters. In one, in one I think, uh, big benefit is is that it's really going to differentiate it from what we've just fucking seen. Because uh, really, anything that's different from the X-Men we've gotten used to, I'm for. I just want something new. Like, that. that's really my whole thing. Like Danny DeVito as Wolverine. Yeah, I would honestly support that. And <laughs> the Fantastic Four, by the way, um, I don't remember if I talked about it on the podcast, but I was on this thing about a month ago where I was like, I'm going to watch a bunch of shitty movies that people hated and see if they're any good because I've never actually watched them for myself. And like Avatar The Last Airbender was one where I was like, yeah, there was some some fun stuff in there. Uh, Fantastic Four movie is actually just shitty. Like I, I, didn't, <laughs> I, I, didn't, I didn't learn anything new when I went back and watched it. I didn't even like really feel good and like, you know, virtuous when I watched it. I was just like, no, yeah, that movie sucks. That was two hours gone. Um, um. So definitely whatever they can do to distance themselves from that fucking movie, they should honest, they should absolutely do. And honestly, with them, it's like, I, I think the, the biggest part of having the Fantastic Four is that you get Doctor Doom. Like, Doctor Doom is a huge, like, he's in a bunch of comic lines and yeah. um, story arcs. And, and he's, like, he's like one of the major MC, uh, Marvel villains and has done, like, there's like some storylines where he's like it's, it does some awful shit and like is you know it's 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 it, his story is deep so having him not only just for Fantastic Four but maybe as like the villain for an Avengers movie kind of like a more in control Loki you know mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. maybe even like a Midway or whatever it is um, you know maybe do what Ultron should have been like make the 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 second movie in the new Avengers line is is like strong you know <laughs> like it because yeah. Ultron was such a promising villain and they they didn't do, do him great um i, I think don't know they, people are saying he's still out there man maybe maybe he teams up with dr doom i hope ultron's still out there i i think i agree with you that there was so much potential there and james spader i think people have forgotten about this now but he was at like the height of his shit at yeah. that time uh blacklist was huge uh his season of the office was still relatively recent so like people were all about james spader 
Um, and it just really, there are, there are parts of it, like moments where you're like, oh, fuck yeah, this is a cool ass villain. When they first meet him and he's reciting the, I have no strings to them in Tony's yeah. apartment. That's a cool ass scene. But then they just really kind of ignored him so that they could set up other MCU stuff. That's like what they spent most of that movie doing. <laughs> um, so he could be a cool, and I, yeah, I think Dr. Doom could fit kind of in a similar, um, area or depending on how they choose to empower him because they they can alter his origin if they want they can make him either way more powerful or way more of a down-to-earth villain for a maybe an individual solo movie um they could take him a number of ways but i agree i think that is one of the big gets uh for x-men is dr doom because he Mm -hmm. that dude's scary he's pretty cool all right well certainly uh more mcu talk will be in the future of this podcast i can guarantee that um but in addition to that make sure you're keeping an eye out for Ready Player Two. Uh, For us today, we are going to move on, start getting into some reviews, and we're gonna start in the world of television. Let's hit the TV corner. Television! Down on the corner. Nobody puts baby in the corner. Okay, so I don't wanna spend like a ton of time uh, doing this, but there's a couple shows that I wanted to just uh, uh, mention because they're shows that you guys uh, have watched ahead of, ahead of me and I'm just catching up to. <laughs> so, uh, the first one, I'll just say really quickly about the floor is lava. Uh, <laughs> I threw, I threw on a, uh, the first episode of that the other night, just cause I had some time to kill and it was really enjoyable. I'm not gonna lie. Uh, it's simple and it's like, it's dumb in the way that all competition reality shows are dumb. Um, but it, there was something so quaint about it that made me really happy <laughs> when I watched it. Like when, when people made it to the end, I was like really charged up. And when they didn't, I was bummed. Uh, so I don't know if it just caught me in the right mood or not, but like, I'm going to watch the rest of it. So like, if you're looking for something to just like waste time with, uh, floor is lava gets my recommendation also. Um, the other show was the righteous gemstones. So this is one that Seth really enjoyed earlier this year. Did you, Jared, did you watch this all the way through? No, I haven't even watched it. I, 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 I keep meaning to, so who knows? Maybe I'll say I'm going to put it on my list and it'll happen at some point. Yeah, yeah. I, I think you'll be happy when it does. I'm going to give this a recommend also. Um, I think what's important, and I touched on this last week, what's important on The Righteous Gemstones is that you understand what you're really getting into. Uh, if, if you think you're going into something like um, East, Eastbound and Down, with Danny McBride, which was like really over the top, really goofy, incredibly vulgar. It, it's not quite that. It takes itself quite a bit more seriously than Danny McBride's other work. Uh, I think you're seeing that in a lot of what he's putting out lately. He's getting a little bit more dramatic. Um, that's not to say this isn't funny and in, at times goofy, but it was a lot more serious and a lot more meaningful, honestly, than I thought it was going to be. They wrap this up. The end of the season one wraps up in this perfect way. And I honestly cried when I saw the ending of it. So like they were able to get me to a, to an emotional place that I in no way expected to get to when I started that show. And even if you're not a faith-based person, um, well, especially if you're not a faith-based person, they, there's a lot of satire about religion in here, but then there's also a lot of just like really honest, uh, people speaking from their religious hearts in this show. And that's kind of what I'm getting at when they wrap the show at the end. Um, uh, and I, I won't say too much more cause I don't want to spoil it, but the, the characters in the show who are actually religious, some of them are taken seriously and aren't completely shat on, uh, which is what I expected the show to do was just be completely satirical and completely religion bashing. 
And it's not quite that. So um, if you want, and I, I swear to God, an actually interesting show with some pretty cool plot twists, some really good acting, uh, and just a nice, a nice kind of meandering plot that ends just so nicely, uh, I recommend wholeheartedly Righteous Gemstones on HBO Max. Um, you can watch all the episodes, and um, it's a pretty tight watch. I watched it inside of 10 days, I think. Um, so it's a recommend. It was a good find, Seth. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but, uh, those are a couple things you guys have already heard about on the show. So I want to make sure we got something new in here and it's going to come by way of Jared this week. Um, because you, you caught a series. I'm not familiar with this one. Um, but I I do know it's on Netflix. Is it in English this time? Yes, this one is. This one is actually an (laughs) English one. So people out there, you don't have to tune this one out. Um, but this one just dropped on July, what, 8th? I believe, um, and it's called Stateless, and it's actually based on true events. I'm sure that they maybe twisted a few things here or there or, you know, ramped up a few few things to make it a little bit more dramatic, but this takes place in uh, essentially the outback of Australia at um, a refugee kind of immigration det- de- detention center where, you know, they, they find people that have kind of, you know, come into the country illegally and they hold them for processing whether to let them into the country or to deport them back because um, I guess a lot of people over the years that at the end they kind of give some like facts about how many people have gone into this uh, situation. But it is a fascinating look because that's kind of the main where everything kind of takes place at this detention center, but it brings in four different characters and they each kind of have a different perspective. There's one that's a guy and his family are escaping from Afghanistan and they somehow wind up at this detention center. This other woman who is escaping this kind of cult type thing and isn't really aware of, she might have some mental issues. Um, You find out more through the uh, series um, she winds up there. There's a guy that gets a new job at this detention center and then also a woman to come in to kind of straighten up and get management back on uh, par for this. So it is fascinating how all of their stories kind of work together, but each of them has a different story as well. While they're at the detention center, what happens after, and also kind of the flashbacks of how they got there. So it's kind of this inner workings of a story where you kind of dropped in to all of their stories kind of like right when they're arriving, but then throughout the six episodes, again, a limited series, um, you get flashbacks and kind of get more uh, intrigue into kind of what they've been through, how they got there, maybe why their stories aren't lining up with uh, the the interviews that they do and whatnot. But the performances in this, uh, Kate Blanchett is in this. Oh God, I got to look this up. Um, a handful of other people. I shoot, I should have had this ready. So the the people that are in this, Kate Blanchett, uh, like I said, uh, Jay Courtney, Asher Kelly, uh, Ketty, uh, Dominic West, and then also the main one of the main people, uh, Yvonne Strahowski, and yeah, they Ooh, I like are. Her. Yeah, she uh, she is probably the best part because she plays this woman that is she starts off as a flight attendant goes into kind of this weird cult it's it's very like happy and friendly and whatnot and you find out kind of the the stuff that she was put through but she very much cannot remember who she is and she's kind of like this free-flowing spirit and kind of saying she's someone else rather than who she is Um, and that's kind of what brings up a lot of conflict with this detention center or a lot more notice and uh 
press heat heat essentially like what they're doing there is not really by the book it's very kind of the people are being mistreated and whatnot so when her story comes to light or gets out it's kind of a a big issue and brings kind of again like I said more heat to this situation and therefore changes things moving in the future I don't want to give away her storyline but it's very interesting to figure out what was really going on with that? Uh, Jay Courtney, though, or Jai Courtney, uh, I've liked, I liked his performance. He's the guy that comes in and starts kind of working there. And the reason he does it, he's like this at-home you know, family man. But his friend is like, hey, come work for this place. You make a lot of money. And he's like showing off his money with new cars and blah, blah, blah. So the guy goes and works there. And you can see how this character just devolves over his time of, I think, a handful of months or maybe years working at this place from being this family man, having fun with his kids, bringing smiles to his family when he gets home to when he comes home, he essentially is like, unfortunately, like not really beating them, but like the kids are arguing and being loud. So he hits one across the room and causes a ruckus and then his wife and relationship falls apart so you can see how he starts as one man and just working in this bad atmosphere he breaks down into something that he actually despised but money got to him um so those are kind of two storylines that really got me on board for this like i said there's two other perspectives of the woman that comes in to try to fix things and then also the afghani guy that sends his family off to give them kind of a better life. Um, Again, this is based on true events. It has some great talent. I thought it was structured very well. It shot well. It's acted well. Um, I would give this, yeah, definitely a high recommend on my part. And you don't have to worry about subtitles or a different language. (laughs) It is in English. So check this out. Um, If anything, if you're maybe aware of what's going on with this, because, again, it's based on... True events, I don't know if there was a book about it. I didn't look too far into it, but at the end, yeah, they give you kind of uh, specifics of everything that has kind of been happening. And this is just a contained story of a handful of cases that did happen during that time. Man, this does sound Uh-oh. cool. Ivan uh, Strahovski, who you mentioned, uh, fans of Chuck are going to remember her as Sarah uh, from that show, which uh, is a, as a, a favorite of this podcast. Um, so you had me at her. Mm-hmm. Um, and this this does sound cool and pretty topical too. I mean, I, sort of. Uh, what Seth, you watched one with uh, Adam Driver about like torturing um, suspected terrorists. <clears throat> Do you oh, this? Uh, uh, the Last Jedi. The re- the report. Yeah, the Last Jedi. The uh, yeah, the yeah that was a movie. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So between between things like that, like how do we treat? Uh, these suspected criminals, but then also immigration in general has been like in the news so much mm-hmm. um, that I think it's really topical that this is coming out now too. So between that and hearing you say you liked it in the uh, the cast, um, this sounds like something I'll put in my list. Yeah, and and How- not only uh, Seth, sorry, uh, one one last thing, not only like those four main stories, but you know they they kind of showcase the few people that have been in this detention center for a long time, or you get to know these people. Like there's two dudes that are very much like against authority there and just on the roof the whole time, or there's one guy that is just sitting there and they're like, well, what's his story? Because he's wearing a suit with a suitcase. Well, he's been in there for like ten plus years and just waiting to finally get out, and it is really sad that's what i forgot to say it's a very emotional and heartbreaking story for some of these characters and even just side characters in this story 
And how many episodes is it? It is six episodes, and I believe that they're each about 50 minutes. Okay, that's not bad. No. It's a pretty tight watch. This sounds cool. Tight this watch. Cool. Tight watch. Tight watch 2020. Wow. That's uh, just the show is... <laughs> News for the March. <laughs> um, the show is stateless. You can catch it now on Netflix in English. Uh, available to stream. So is The or, Floor is Lava. You can check that one out. And then HBO has uh, The Righteous Gemstones if you want to check out any, sure any of Sure does. Sure does. And if you wanted to watch um, Stateless in a different language, you have that option too. You can, you know, That's put true. it on Spanish. Yeah, or yeah you, could, you could, you know, live every week I watch Netflix. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh, well, we, there we go. If you're looking for things to watch, there's three recommendations for you this week in the TV Corner. Television! Down on the corner. Nobody puts baby in the corner. And now it's time for Raid That Pun. What do you call the wife of a hippie? A Mississippi. <laughs> Eight point three percent alcohol by volume. It's coming right for us. That was a wrong sounder. <laughs> what the fuck was that? <laughs> oh wow. The drum, the 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 sound is right next. I just hit the wrong button. It's right next to this. It's coming right for us. Which is, which we only ever used on the sports show. So like, there's probably a lot of folks who were like, "What the I've fuck is that?" I've never heard that. <laughs> yeah, we only use it on the sports show. <laughs> oh my oh, god! It makes it even funnier that Jared doesn't know what that sound is. Oh, oh my god! Whew. Oh wow, that sucks. Because now we have to keep that in. Oh man. Wow. I, I didn't even come from the perspective of, because of, I was just like, you know, I've heard that sound a lot, because we used to use it weekly on the sports show. Mm-hmm. Um, I just thought it was funny that he hit a, a different sounder, <laughs> like, and it, it, I mean, it's very strange for the situation, but I was like, it's, it's a different sounder than what it should be, so it was funny. And then I forgot you've never heard that sounder, so never hearing that sounder before, <laughs> it's a weird one it's to hear. It's coming right in. <laughs> it's coming right for us. Shoot it, Ted. <laughs> Wow. Well, that kind of burst the bubble on the whole pun thing, but um, can you somehow like throw it? it. Do you want to like fix it and just throw it in there and then edit this out? No, because there's no way that segment was getting as many laughs as the fuck up (laughs) did. So, (laughs) so it stays. (laughs) Yeah, maybe we we retire name that pun on that. I think I think that could be unless uh, unless the folks at home maybe if you guys want to send us some puns, uh, we'll give them a rating. I mean, we are only on number 36 on the list I'm looking through. So we still have 36 more if we want to do one. Oh, good. Good. Yeah, we could do puns for the better part of another year. So Um, more puns. Yeah. Hit us up with some puns on Facebook and Twitter at Soko Show Pod uh, if you want to hear them rated. But for now, uh, (laughs) oh, God, what a shit show that was. Um, What's next? Uh, For now, Jared has completed his homework assignment for We Missed the Boat. Oh, I'm on a boat and 
You're going to need a bigger boat. All right, Jared. So I, I know you watched this over a week ago because you thought it was your week last week. Um, but you have watched one of the five movies that Seth and I assigned to you. Um, and as I recall, they're all very long and depressing. So <laughs> which of the long and depressing movies we assigned you uh, did you watch this week? Yep. So this week I watched My Dog Skip. And this oh, was good. a very, very depressing... Oh, wait, never mind. That's a wrong list. Um, <laughs> I watched Dear White People because I felt like it was very timely um, nice. because of everything that was going on. And that w- that is the first thing I'm going to say is, my God, people need to watch this movie and not only see what's happening because this movie came out in, what, 2014? Yep. Um, And again, I don't know, maybe it's just my stupid mind, but I'm like, wow, nothing's changed in six years. But then Mm -hmm. again, they were showing images at the end of this, and I'm like, yeah, nothing's changed in 12 years, 20 years. You know, it's depressing to see that. But I like how this movie is almost like this college group, like, click-type story with these people jumping between cliques. And obviously there's a lot of racial stuff and, you know, uh, what's her name? Uh, who's the main character? God, uh, Tessa Thompson. There we go. Uh, she's running that kind of, you know, uh, black-led radio station and then kind of saying how, like, oh, if you're doing this, you're racist, blah, blah, blah. But she's also – you find out that she's kind of – doesn't she have a white uh, dad or mom? She's, she's mixed. Um, yep. So she's kind of almost steering into – the the drastic side of things like the extreme side of things and making other people feel bad about things but also a lot of the stuff is true and honestly there's certain things that I just didn't know so I learned from this movie as well as you know the the whitest white person out there so it's it's educational but it's also like this fun game of almost uh, like again it's these clicks and it's almost like a chess match because they're kind of using these different groups and tactics and uh, racial stereotypes and whatnot to get what they want in this in this college setting. But also the tradition, quotes, has been a certain way that no matter what, the, the black people that, you know, go to this prestigious college are just never going to get to where the white people have where with their rich alumni parents or relatives and whatnot and then also that that party at the end surprise there there's a party with frat people and they do blackface and i was like wow this is you know obviously very insensitive but then they show how all of these college like these are real life pictures from all of these colleges throughout many many years even recently that were doing the same thing and i'm just thinking to myself how do you not understand that this is racist to the max like i don't understand how people don't get it um Mm -hmm. so yes watch this movie educate yourself but also it treats it in an entertainment space almost that you're not going to just be bored by an educational video like you're going to have fun you're going to learn stuff and also maybe figure something out about yourself that it's like oh i shouldn't be doing that Mm -hmm. uh whenever someone watches this who's white i always want to ask them and answer honestly like this movie does take the piss out of white people uh, a few times. Mm-hmm. Did you ever feel like you were being like attacked or like you were offended by some of the jokes they made at the expense of white folks in this? No, I, I actually, I mean, I'm again, I'm one of those people where it's like I can make fun of myself. Where I was laughing because one, maybe certain things I've I've 
had happened to me, but I know people that act like those white people. And Mm -hmm. if there were black people from my town and not to throw anyone on blast, you should have been educated. But, you know, from small white town America, it's very small minded people like that. So, yeah, I mean, I it's I I didn't think that anything was hurtful. It's all justified. Mm hmm. Like yeah. the like the digs on white people. I mean, make fun of white people. They suck. Come on. <laughs> I'm glad that you enjoyed this. Um, I really like the show too. I, I'd I'd, suggest, that, I'd recommend it if you like the movie. It's a lot. Yeah. Of, it's a lot of the same. I, um, they they uh, they recast some of the actors, but a lot of the um, production um, minds and people. Justin Simeon stays on as I think an executive producer of the show. Mm-hmm. So the the vibe and the tone and a lot of the subject matter carries over directly into the show. So if you like the movie, I think you'll like the show. And see, that was one of my maybe little nitpicks was I almost wanted more of these groups, more insight into who these people are. Because again, you know, in, in a two hour, I don't know, I think it was like an hour 40 movie, you're given enough. Um, and I'm curious, does the show focus on the same group of characters and expand or is this like a couple years after that um it retreads some of the same events okay um so what i always tell people so if you're out there listening and you you haven't seen the movie or the show i've been recommending to people that you watch the show first because um the the climax of the movie is also part of the series um, but the series has other sort of climaxes and intense moments and things that aren't in the movie. And so you're going to spoil less of the show by watching the movie than you will spoil the movie by watching the show. So that's why I say watch the movie first, then the show. Um, you're going to have some retread, but honestly, that's kind of nice because you need some time to get familiar with the new characters. Like Tessa Thompson's character is recast as Logan Browning. Um, and I really, really like Logan Browning in that role, especially, but Tessa Thompson as Sam in the Dear White People movie, oof, that was, that was a whole, I was already an adult, but that was a whole other awakening for me. Um, <laughs> she has a lot Tessa of sass. Up. Yeah, she is, uh, she's a special lady, uh, in, in that especially. Mm. Um, but yeah, if you like the movie, I, I, th- I think you would definitely like the series and yeah, you're, there's going to be some of the same stuff, but they alter it a little bit. Um, they definitely expand upon what you see. So if what you want is more of that world, you're definitely going to get in the show. Okay. Cool, cool, yeah. I liked it. Oh, yeah. I'm glad. I'm glad. Uh, Seth, you got anything for Jared uh, up next on the list here? Uh-oh. Forgot My dog skip. Uh-oh. My dog skip. Oh, oh, uh-oh, oh. Uh-oh. Oh, 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 oh. Oh, 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 oh. The right stuff. <laughs> Okay, I got one for you, Jared. Uh, did you see Almost Famous? I have not, no. Okay, good. Um, I have this in the queue. I'm going to end up putting it on Seth's list at some point, too, but I'll give you Almost Famous. Mm. So this is, about, uh, this is about a kid who um, he wants to be a, uh, a journalist, and he wants, to be, he wants to write about rock music. That's his thing. His dream is to like write for Rolling Stone magazine. And the show or the movie kind of takes off when he gets an opportunity to tour and write uh, write articles about the tour with his favorite band. And it's a fictional band, but they've got some music. Uh, they've got some original music that's really good on the soundtrack. Uh, Kate Hudson, a young Kate Hudson. I hope I have that right. I hope it is Kate Hudson. 
Um, she is a, she's young in this. She's like a teen or early twenties person. And she's kind of a groupie of the band. Um, she's on a lot of the advertising. You'll see that, that that's her role. Um, it's kind of a cool coming of age slash chase your dreams kind of movie. Um, that I think you'll really enjoy. I think, I think it's going to, and it's music based and I know you've dug those. So mm-hmm. I think you'll like that one. Uh, and that, that's awesome. a little bit happier one. It's not as depressing as some of the other stuff we have on your list. So that'll yeah, give you this, a little bit of variety. This, this poster looks uh, very familiar with the woman's face, the glasses and almost famous. Mm-hmm. So I'm uh, I'm aware of it. I've just never watched it. Yeah, it's a good one. I caught it for the first time just a couple of years ago and really enjoyed it. So I think you'll dig it as well. Boom, there you go. So almost famous. You just made the list! Uh, Jared gives the thumbs up to Dear White People. So check that one out uh, and check out the show on Netflix if you're looking for more. Uh, That's going to do it for this week's... Actually, no. Before we do go on, uh, next week it's going to be Seth's turn for We Missed the Boat. So Seth, why don't you give us uh, what are your five options? What what can we look forward to next week? Uh, My options are Overlord, Training Day, Locke, Hidden Figures, and... The game! <laughs> the game! That's a good list, man. Seth's list, I, we, should, we should switch some of the lists around a little bit, because Jared's list is mostly not fun. Every movie on your list is fucking fun, Seth. Yeah, so you're gonna, he has a You're going to enjoy list. whatever you watch. Yeah, I got, rid of, I got a, uh, out a lot of the, uh, um, I guess, he- heavier stuff, I think. Yeah. Um, so, it could yeah. be interesting. Could be yeah, interesting. Uh, come on back next week to hear Seth review one of those five movies in We Missed the Boat. Oh, I'm on a boat, and you're gonna need a bigger boat. All right, we're about to get into the moment of the show I've been waiting for, um, in, in in the form of one of our upcoming reviews. Uh, but we got three total movie reviews coming at you. Let's jump into it. Mom, what do you think? I love it. I hated it. All right, so uh, fair warning, there is shortly there's going to be very, very heavy uh, film fellatio that occurs. Uh, but before, <laughs> before we get into that, uh, Seth, you saw a couple movies on VOD that you wanted to review. I'll, I'll let you take them in whatever, whatever order you want, but uh, we got a couple, couple reviews coming at the folks at home here. So yeah, I got a couple movies on VOD this, this past weekend. Um, been fun exploring some of the VOD movies, but I uh, got a couple, a couple uh, new ones here that are both, um, both uh, um, the, the local. They're both uh, United States movies. Uh, they're not a lot of the movies I've been watching have been foreign, um, or at least like, uh, yeah, center for them. Um, but I- Irish and uh, Eng- English and all that stuff. Um, these are both uh, U.S. based. Uh, first one is Vienna and the Phantoms, which is Dakota, Dakota John. Johnson? No. Uh, Dakota Fanning. Fanning. Yeah. <laughs> so Too many Dakotas now. Um, Dakota Fanning, uh, she stars as Vienna. She's like a groupie um, or roadie for a band that takes place in the 80s. And the band is kind of on their their way down. Like, they're still very popular, but kind of like towards that point, like, you know, a lot of music type movies where it's like, okay, this is where they, you know, fail. Um, this, this is where they're, they're going to... Uh, essentially get too deep into the world of the drugs and the parting and all that stuff and, and, uh, fail a little bit. Um, but the, the rest of the cast, Evan, Rachel Wood, um, Caleb Landry Jones, who is the, the racist brother, um, from, uh, get out. He, he just has the most punchable face in the entire planet. <laughs> um, I think he's toad then... in X-Men first class also. <laughs> um, 
Zoe Kravitz is in this, uh, as well as um, briefly Bobby Cannavale. So it's got a decent little cast. Um, but yeah, that's basically it's. It's just kind of it's 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 almost like a music video from the eighties in, in some points because it's it's very like hazed. It's kind of got like just like overall haze feeling of haze to it. Like I think I saw some reviews that describe it as like it's like the hangover. It's like a hangover after you know crazy night of partying. It's just kind of like it's very. It, slow there's slow pace a lot of slow paced moments in the movie um it's almost got like a an 80s haze to it like what a music video would have would have looked like back then or what they did look like back then they they kind of have just like a little bit of like an like an 80s tv it almost kind of looks like that a little bit um use some interesting colors and some a, a lot of music and and um just shots of like the road in between um the movie itself, like I said, it's kind of weirdly paced, slow paced at times. Um, it never really felt like it had a meaning, like what, like it, it didn't feel like it was going anywhere at, uh, through a lot of it. It ends up resolving with something at the end, but it just basically felt like, oh yeah, you're you're just kind of here. Here's the end of this band, and it didn't really seem significant at all. It just felt kind of like almost like a music video. It's like you just get these this one little moment in time and you know that it's it it's it's not a ton of dialogue it's not bad or anything like that i just wasn't super entertained by it um so i don't know i i would probably skip it or if it's on netflix or something maybe watch it down the road but i wasn't super super enthused by it is it at least short like if it if it's stylistic and i can watch it for the style and it's short uh then it still might be appealing yeah hour and a half so it's not too long yeah that's nice. So a tight one. Uh, if you want to play with, play with some visuals and cool cast. Um, sounds like there's enough there to get me in for 90 minutes at least. Yeah, maybe. It's it's just not nothing to, to, nothing to write home about. Yeah, a little meh, I suppose. Uh, what, about, what about this second one? Is it any better? Yes. Uh, the second one is uh, Miss Juneteenth. Um, basic story of this one is... Um, this mother who she's young younger mother i think she's i think she would be in her 30s in this um she was a former miss juneteenth pageant winner which is something that takes place in texas i, I don't know if it's real or not um it seemed like it was kind of based off something real but it's a pageant um for teenagers to get a full ride scholarship to a historically black college and she won it um when she was younger she ended up getting pregnant um while she was in high school and that kind of derailed all of her college plans and she's still stuck in the same town. She's kind of got like that, still got that reputation of like, this is Miss Juneteenth, but she's always looked down upon because she didn't all the other talk and make a big deal about all the other Miss Juneteenth winners go on to do amazing things. And she's still stuck in town, like bartending and doing odd jobs and that type of thing. But her daughter is now at the age of, um, doing being able to be in the Miss Juneteenth pageant so her everything in her life is the the mother is dedicated to getting her daughter into this pageant and to win it um so she's making her practice um like a speech to um to perform in this and putting like every dollar she has um instead of paying the electric bill she's paying for like a dress and things like that so it's like in order to have her daughter get another life she is doing everything she can to you know, get her to win this pageant. Um, she's also, there's also a relationship too with the daughter's father. Um, he's in and out of trouble and um, he just wasn't like 
the guy that she should have been with type of thing. You know, he, he was, he was the guy who caused a lot of trouble. So, um, she, it was kind of like the bad boy type thing, but then, you know, she ended up getting pregnant. And so he's still around and, and wants to be involved in her life and the daughter's life more, but there's, you know, kind of like that holding on to a, a, a past life type of thing, like that sort of aspect and that story going on there in there. And there's also another story with, um, again, the mother and then her, her mother, um, who is like very religious and it again, kind of looks down on her daughter for the choices she made and, and what happened. So a lot of different storylines going on in here. I thought going in that it might be more about the pageant and I'm glad it didn't end up being as much about like, I thought it'd be more about like, like the the actual pageant itself and um the talents and and getting ready for it and like you know the pageant life type thing and it really it definitely was not uh really there the pageant was a part of it but it was way more exploring this mother and all the different stuff going on in her life um down in you know a smaller town in texas and um it's 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 a really grounded movie of really well acted there's really not any like known stars or anything like that in it um again short movie about an hour 40 um and it it delivers a great message so um about family and and all that stuff um and and race as well because obviously with juneteenth um so yeah it's 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 a really great movie i i enjoyed it quite a bit so i i would definitely recommend checking that one out I uh, I got a little bit of a preview to review. Uh, Seth and I were talking last night, and uh, Seth goes, I think I got some black homework for you. Um, <laughs> and so uh, I know I'm going to have to get this on my list. I, I, can, I can always trust Seth to send me, send me the good black movies. Um, so <laughs> I, I will definitely be checking this out. Where can folks find it? It's, it's VOD, so you're going to have to go out to your, your rental locations to find it, I assume? Yeah, you got to go to Blockbuster to get it. Mm. Sweet. I'm gonna go over there and pick up a DVD of it now. Um, this sounds this sounds good. This sounds interesting. Certainly timely. Um, issues of race mm-hmm. have been have been in vogue lately. So, um, Miss Juneteenth. Go ahead and check that one out on VOD as well as Vienna and the Phantoms. Uh, if you want to check out some new stuff, um, Seth. Anything else on those two before Jared and I start um, getting wild on this other one? Yeah, you go ahead and uh, get that mouth warmed up. <laughs> Get that mouth warmed up. Okay, so who? I mean, we'll see how long the show goes to, because we saved extra time to do this review. Um, but if we don't use it all, then we might have a short one. Um, I don't think fo- hey. folks will be surprised that uh, we're talking about Hamilton here. Um, this is, of course, the at-home release of the filmed stage play that uh, kind of swept the nation this last uh, three, four years. Uh, so Lin-Manuel Miranda writes, directs, and uh, actually, no, he didn't direct the play, um, but he writes and stars as Alexander Hamilton, one of our founding fathers, who uh, was the only immigrant uh, among the founding fathers and has a very different story than Jefferson and Washington and some of these other guys. So he is the uh, the focal point of this movie that takes you through his origins, uh, through the American Revolution and beyond uh, to the rest of his life and, and talks about some American history in addition to his personal story uh, and the various characters and things that come through. Um, <clears throat> Hamilton's fucking great. Uh, I don't know why anyone would think otherwise. Um, if people don't like it, I will fight them. 
Basically, all the extreme stuff one would say when they love something is what I think about Hamilton. I've watched, I watched the whole thing right away on Friday when it came out. I've since then probably watched about half of it again um, just by going in and I'll play it and just watch the scenes for the songs I want to watch. Because you can't see the, the video version of the song on like YouTube. Um, so I just will go into Disney Plus and play it and then just like seek to wherever it is I want to watch. So I've probably watched it about a halftime extra just doing that um, with some of my favorite songs. This is, the music in this is so fucking cool because it's a musical based on the Revolutionary War, but it's all hip hop music and um, it's all rapped. And there's obviously, you know, hip hop beats. It's just, it's just not typical Broadway music. And so in addition to being really interesting and, um, deep at moments and, and super well choreographed and acted like the music on its own, uh, has been like one of the top albums of the last few years because so many people want to listen to it. I avoided it. Uh, cause I was like, I, I want to get it all raw. I want to get it all at once. I want to get the music at the same time I'm seeing it. And so I never heard any of this music until I saw it for the first time, uh, on screen. And it was, I'm so glad I did it that way. Cause I was surprised at every turn. Um, and I just, I don't know the, I'll pause. Cause I want to get, I don't want to take all the, all the high points away and I'll, I'll take another turn to, to talk about some other stuff. But Jared, what, what stood out to you about Hamilton? Cause I, I know, I know you enjoyed it. Like I did. You took all the high points. I got nothing <laughs> else to say. No, I'm kidding. Um, as a fan of musicals and stage plays and stuff like that, I think it's because I, I kind of dabbled in that in high school. Um, this was awesome. But also, I knew nothing about this. I knew that it was a huge spectacle, and I was like, okay, it's got to be overrated. Like, these people going, paying thousands of dollars, waiting in line, going to these uh, stage productions of this, uh, you know, miles and miles away. It can't be that good. And I was grossly underestimating what I saw because I couldn't believe and what they coin is rap opera apparently is what they're what they're coining the the word spoken whatnot in this it is fascinating because everything is sung or rapped in rhythm the choreography with the moving stage the costumes these are the most talented people working in the world if you're an actor and actress fuck you you're not that good these people are doing this stuff like eight times a week Mm -hmm. singing for two plus hours like this is just watching it is amazing that they were able to do everything but yeah cody like you're saying the music was awesome it's like rap but then they also throw in some musical type stuff you know there's the dancing but it's also a bit of hip-hop thrown in there as well it is uh and again, I'm going to have to almost uh, throw this back over to you because I don't want to steal any everything as well. But uh, we, uh, David Diggs, uh, Lin-Manuel, uh, what, Odin Jr., I believe, Leslie Odom Jr., even uh, Anthony Rome, like all these people are so good. Um, it is kind of funny because some of them play multiple roles, so it might be a little confusing for some people. <laughs> but yeah, it is... This this was just awesome. Of uh, and again, two hours of forty minutes might be a little long for some people, but this you are into it the whole time. Yeah, yeah, it locked me in for sure. Um, now, Seth, I, I honestly I don't even know. We haven't talked too much about what you think of it. Um, it would be tough for you to like it as much as Jared and I. Where are you at on Hamilton? Did you enjoy it? 
It fucking sucks. Uh, all right, uh, so it's done. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, I your your statement there is correct. I enjoyed it. Um, I had a good time with it. Um, I'm not blown away. Like I'm not. Here, here's kind of what, what I thought. It's like if. My bad. I'm I didn't not, mean to cut you. I'm off. not. I'm not going to show you my dick. Um, <laughs> here, here's kind of how I how I think about it. Like, I'll probably never just turn it on again. Um, I, if someone's watching it, I would definitely sit down and watch it with them. Like, and I'd have fun with it. But I'm never going to like seek it out again. And if like the show ever came to town, um, I would I would maybe pay money to go see it. If someone gave me tickets, I would go for sure. But I'm not going to pay like a thousand bucks like everyone else would. You know, like it was. I enjoyed it. It was fun. Um, I liked a lot of the actors and stuff in it. Um, my favorite was um, was it Groff? Jonathan Groff? Is that his yeah. name? Yeah, King George. Yeah, um, <laughs> King George. Um, I love that. Like that, that guy made me laugh a lot. And it's weird because he plays a super serious character in Mindhunter, um, and so it was very different to see him do that. Uh, for me, at least, I know he's he was in Glee and everything like that. So he is more typical a singer but uh my hunter is probably something different for people to see him in but anyway um yeah it, i enjoyed it it was it was a good way to spend almost three hours um i watched the little thing afterwards um the, the, the underground is that who did it i think that's right yeah i think it was or yeah yeah, yeah i think it was are they undefeated undefeated i can't remember yeah. um i don't know um but they they had like a thing afterwards where they talked about Black Lives Matter and um, more behind the scenes stuff with them record uh, not recording but uh, performing it and, and all that stuff. So very interesting, very well done. Uh, you guys both mentioned like how impressive it is that they do this every night. That's something that you know caught me and and it was I'm just not a musical guy though. Like and I know this is different. This was like the rap and all that stuff. I'm just like I I prefer my stories to be more more it's hard for me to buy into a musical that's mm-hmm. the thing that's the problem it's like no one would ever do this <laughs> so you know like that's so for me it's more one of those things it's like it has to do something different or tell a different type of story and which they do here and and again the the rap is the rap is more easy for me to to at least kind of because i was like intrigued by what they were saying i was like and how it was going to rhyme like when mm-hmm. when they're when they're rapping and I'm like, oh, how are they gonna how are they gonna rhyme that? You know, so <laughs> that's so that's kind of how I was watching it in a way too at times, like just impressed by that. But the story itself is fantastic. I enjoyed it, but I'm not I'm not like blown away by any means. Yeah, yeah. I think um, the the fact Jared touched on this, the fact that it's on a stage, like you like both you guys said actually that they're they're doing all of the singing and dancing for all that time is so impressive and cool and the choreography is really uh intricate and specific and so it would be very obvious if someone fucked up and so that's a lot of uh you can tell a lot of a lot of prep and a lot of uh uh, rehearsal obviously went into this i think one thing we can all agree on is how amazing this fucking cast is because we've seen so many of these, especially the men of this show, Jonathan Groff, we, we, we've seen on things like Mindhunter, and he had success before on Glee. But David Diggs, Leslie Odom, and Anthony Ramos, this, this was kind of their break. And we've seen all of them kind of make headway in their careers in these most recent couple of years. David Diggs being one that I know has been on all of our radars because of Blindspotting and how much we all enjoyed that movie. So to see those guys, after I've seen them do other stuff, uh, to see them do this 
and know that it was kind of their break or their origin uh, was really cool and exciting for me, uh, especially with Diggs, though. He was my favorite cast member. His, his two characters um, I really enjoyed, especially uh, Lafayette, who he plays. He has a, a section where he kind of um, he kind of busts out to the front and has this really fast rap that he does. And I fucking stood up in my apartment. I was like, it's like an hour in and I had kind of just settled in. I was like, all right, this is cool. I'm vibing with this. And then he comes out at one point and I got up and I was like, this is what I'm fucking talking about. And it was like, it was one of those, for me, it was as much like a concert as anything else. Like the music was just so banging and like uh, in in a weird way. And I, I, I don't think, I don't think this is controversial, uh, Lin-Manuel Miranda, his Hamilton kind of fades into the background a lot of the time here. Um, and I thought it was interesting. You know, he's obviously the, the focal point of, of the story at pretty much every turn. But uh, the way that it's written and performed, they do give a lot of face time and a lot of front time to all of these other characters. So it doesn't ever feel like you're watching Lin-Manuel and his buddies. Um, I think they really did a lot to really propel all of them. Uh, Philippa Sue and, uh, so Philippa Sue plays Eliza Hamilton, his wife, and then Renee Elise Goldsberry, who plays Angelica, her sister, uh, they were especially awesome as well. So the, the females really brought it in this too, but like everyone in this cast is going to get hyper famous because that's just how psycho talented they are. Um, and getting to see them act and sing and dance in that way with the rotating stage uh, element also was like, I was locked in the whole time. This could have been five hours long. I wouldn't have moved. <laughs> I wouldn't have moved. They put in a one minute uh, intermission there and mm-hmm. uh, I, I, I sped through it. I didn't even wait the minute. I was like, get me to the next fucking shit right now. I don't need to go get up and go to the bathroom. So this had me from, from like five minutes in to the end, I was just locked in. Didn't look at my phone, nothing. Um, yeah, it, it, whatever it is a movie needs to do, uh, it, it, this did it for me. This is one of my favorites this year. I'm, I'm hearing that it doesn't really qualify for like Oscars, so I don't know if we talk about it in the same way we talk about other movies, but this is probably my favorite thing I've seen this year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, again, on top of everything you guys are saying, it's just, it's so great. And then also the thing that I kind of was, you know, weary about, but it didn't bother me one, one bit. You know, it's a live performance, so it's like, is it going to have that same feel of a live performance because you guys i mean even like dub h when we were in like watching it versus being there is completely different Mm -hmm. i'm sure being there to watch this would have been a complete different experience but the way they filmed it with up close and circling and the what they did with the angles was great like they were able Mm -hmm. to capture what made this so special again being there in person probably trumps everything but i think that it was just so well produced. And I guess that almost throws it off into this other thing. They shouldn't have made a Cats movie and just done this for Cats. Like, yeah. I think it would have worked a lot better and been a lot cheaper. 100%. Yep. Yeah, what do you... So, you know, obviously, I think Jared and I are bigger fans of musicals, especially live ones, um, than you, Seth. But do you guys think this... Hamilton, I, I know, is an outlier when it comes to plays, but, like... Do you think this opens the door for more things like that where we can if if something is mega popular on Broadway, let's just tape it on stage and put it out and people will find their way. Do you think this opens the door to more of that? And and we'd see rather than something like we just saw in Cats where they really try to cinemize it. Um, Do you think we'll see more of this going forward? Is this going to inspire other other stage plays just getting filmed like that? 
I don't think so. I, I think that ha- the reason Hamilton was done this way is because of how popular it was. I mean, this was... Th- think of the last original new play that or musical that got this type of craze, this type of attention. You know, like, it, th- there's really not a whole lot that, that get that type of mainstream stuff. People knew the songs without even having seen a lick of the play you know the the musical at all so i think th- this was just a case of like the craze and the, the hysteria over it is was was at an all-time high mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah i think i think seth you're absolutely right where also this and again i'm not a huge you know musical like i don't know that many musicals and stuff but this is something new this is something original this hasn't been done before so i think that that's also why it landed so well I mean, the only other one that I'm kind of thinking of that kind of had a bit of a craze, but no one, I mean, you have to be in the know would be Wicked. I know that a mm. lot of people love that. You know, it's kind of popular amongst traveling tropes and whatnot, but I don't think that it carries the same weight of what Hamilton did coming out of the gate and just exploding no. the doors off of everything. Yeah, mm. Hamilton made people stars and like in, in Hollywood now, you know, like Lin, Lin-Manuel Miranda had been around and done some things, but he wasn't a star until Hamilton. Yeah. Um, it gave like some of these other people more status too. Like it gave David Diggs, he, he, he got, um, he's able to do more projects and do movies now and TV, you know, their shows and things like that. Um, Leslie Oldham Jr. I mean, he did a nationwide commercial, so that's he would cool. no. He was in uh, Mur- Murder on the Orient Express. Was that's he? right. Yeah. I forgot he was in that. So like, the, you just don't see musicals or plays do that anymore for people. You know, like you don't for for actors and and things like that. Like, it just doesn't. It though that's what people do after their act like their Hollywood career starts to decline. They go into plays and musicals. Um, Sometimes they do it in between, but a lot of times it's like that's they'll use that maybe as a launching pad to get back up to prove their skills or whatever. But like it, it just doesn't it doesn't happen like that for the reverse anymore. So I think this was just a kind of one of those like anomalies. Mm-hmm. What I what I think this does for Hamilton that is potentially um, replicable is this opens up Hamilton to everyone who couldn't go see it, and mm-hmm. I think that's really fucking cool that they did this because they wanted everyone to see it and see it with the original cast and not have to pay or to travel to New York. Um, I think that's really, really cool. And I, the only other thing, so Disney puts this out, right? Obviously it's on Disney plus. Um, I, I wonder, would you, well, I think there's two separate questions. Um, the first though is what, would you guys watch like the lion King? in this format because that that would be if there's a next one that would be the one i would want would be to see the lion king and Mm -hmm. disney obviously they're seeing their disney plus numbers go up maybe that's something they're angling toward next would you would you watch that on d plus that would be a good one to potentially try with because i know that that one the 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 costuming to make the people look like animals is very elaborate so i would love to just see that um, and I don't know, I guess I don't know how much the, the musical adds to that with songs and whatnot, but that might be a good follow-up, maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I might, I, I would check it out, but I'm not, like, clamoring for it or anything. Like, if it's on there, I might watch some of it or maybe sit down and watch the whole thing, who knows. But it's not like, 
like Hamilton, I, w- I was excited to check out because it had, you know, everything. Like, I wanted to see what the hype is about. And it's like Lion King, I've seen, but like Lion King, there's not, there's just not a whole lot of original plays out there that, that have any sort of um, clout for me to be like excited for, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, let me ask you guys this because a lot of the attention that Hamilton gets, um, even now, is to do with the casting, right? Because these are almost all white character or white actual people um, in history. Uh, and then they cast it as a very diverse cast. In fact, I think the only white person in the cast is King George. Um, so I don't, was it ever, did that matter to you at all? Because to me, when I was watching this, I was just like, yeah, no, that's Hamilton. That's, we got black George Washington. I was like, fuck yeah, I'm all about black George Washington. <laughs> and, and after, uh, you know, 10 or so minutes of being like, okay, that is a French guy. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. I can get on board for that. Um, other than a little bit of initial, um, kind of getting used to it, it really didn't matter to me in any meaningful way. Did did it, did it trip you guys up at all? Um, no, it was, uh, it, I didn't matter. Like the only thing I was confused about was when they started changing characters in and out. Mm -hmm. Um, that's the only thing I was like, took, like took me a second to adjust. It's like, you know, um, again, we, we talked about before, um, you know who's gonna do the best for the for the role and you know i think they picked as damn good as people as you could pick for any you know for any for any role so and, and like they talked about there was a meaning behind it too is that um you know that they wanted to Lin-Manuel wanted to tell the story um he, he couldn't he couldn't tell a, a hip-hop story and and story about i mean when it comes down to it with hamilton like he was uh you know an immigrant too he he was someone who wasn't you know like he wasn't because he, he wasn't white i don't think it was he i mean he he's from the caribbean i i think i think if he was alive today we'd categorize him as white okay um but he was looked down because of where he was from i, yeah. I remember them saying that so you know like the, there was a lot of reasons for them to to cast the cast the way they did so no it didn't bother me at all yeah, I think uh, the only thing that really jumped out at me was, was when people sort of were switching characters, especially when that one guy was playing a kid. And then I was like, yeah. okay, well, you know, after about 10 seconds, you've realized that this grown-ass adult is a kid. Um, the one thing that probably took me the most out of it, and it was just because I was, like, freaking out, was the microphones in everyone's hair. Did you guys see those? Yeah, they had the skinny mics. Yeah, yeah I was like, I saw whoa, that is crazy technology i don't know i was just very impressed by it <laughs> yeah it was pretty dope because yeah you, you don't think in a stage play they just project right but in well maybe in an auditorium that big they're they're mic'd up anyway but uh for the for the screen obviously you know you gotta have the you gotta have good audio so mm-hmm. um that was pretty cool what about um you know what i'm not even gonna go down that road never mind <laughs> um <laughs> Uh, anyway, the headline here is that Hamilton is fucking amazing and everyone should go watch it probably more than once. Um, it's available on Disney plus right now. If you've not ever had Disney plus, you maybe can still get a free trial. But, um, even if you want to fire it up for six bucks for one month and watch Hamilton and quit, uh, I'd maybe also watch Mandalorian before you quit, but, um, it's worth it. It's worth the six bucks if, if you want to check out Hamilton. The oh, I, the last thing I'll add for Hamilton, what I did on Friday night after I watched Hamilton, I was like, I need more of this. 
And uh, what I did was I went back and I rewatched Blind Spotting. And uh, this is David Diggs, of course, stars. Uh, so he's right out of the Hamilton cast. And then there is a lot of that kind of talk rap. Um, uh, not as much in Hamilton, obviously, but there's some of that talk rap that happens in Blind Spotting. And so if you're looking for like, a, I just watched Hamilton, what do I do next? Definitely would recommend Blind Spotting. It's, it's a movie we all love on this show anyway. But um, as a companion piece to Hamilton, I, I think it's a good one. Um, so if you're wondering what to do next, maybe check that one out. But uh, like I said, Hamilton available on Disney Plus uh, right now. And then if you have already watched Hamilton twice and you're looking for some other stuff, we have Miss Juneteenth as well as Vienna and the Phantoms available for rent on VOD now. So uh, got some solid stuff this week in the reviews. Mom, what do you think? I love it. <laughs> I hated it. All right, folks, we're just about to the end of our show. But before we go, we got to give you one more thing. But I'm down to one more thing. Thing. Okay, so I was really happy with myself last night because I um, was scrolling through, I don't even remember what service I was on, one of the streaming services, and Peacock. I made a snap decision to watch a movie. I was scrolling through, and I saw 2009's Star Trek, and I was like, yeah, oh yeah, yeah, let's just put on Star <laughs> Trek right now. <laughs> Yeah, and, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I was like, Star Trek? Yeah, 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 Star Trek. And I watched it, and that movie still rocks. Like, I've I've <laughs> never, I've never been a Trekkie, so I don't know really how Trekkies feel about Star Trek, because I know they change a lot and all that, and there's the timeline thing, and it's recast and all that. Um, I also don't really fucking care what the Trekkies think about it. Like, Star Trek is just a dope action space movie it just it just really is and so i'm really excited now i'm gonna go back and watch the sequels also um and i have really fond memories of them i never thought they weren't good but when i went back and watched the first and was like no yeah actually this movie's like really fucking dope yeah um um yeah yeah it's fucking cool uh i'm gonna go back and watch the rest of the trilogy and would highly recommend that folks uh other folks out there do the same because uh, Star Trek, Star Trek 09 holds up. I, I just think Abrams is so good at, you know, between this and then what he did with The Force Awakens, um, I, it just seems like he should be making all of the important movies. And yes, I'm sure we can qualm about The Rise of Skywalker, but that had lots of other factors and stuff. But like, honestly, if you said, Cody, uh, the next Spider-Man movie is going to be J.J. Abrams, I'd be fucking stoked. If you said... Uh, Cody, they're making uh, another Power Rangers movie and it's J.J. Abrams. I'd be fucking stoked. Basically, whatever Abrams is doing, uh, if it's existing IP, I'm for it. Because with Star Trek, he nailed it. With Star Wars, he nailed it. Um, so anyway, the main point was go back and watch the new Star Trek movies because they still rock. I bet you like Ryan Johnson too. <laughs> <laughs> I do like the Ryan last. <laughs> Uh, the last Jedi killed the franchise. <laughs> Just also, uh, also shouts out to Iowa, which is featured prominently uh, in the first Star Trek. I'd forgotten that whole thing. I, I know Kirk is Captain Kirk is from Iowa. For folks who don't know, Riverside, um, Riverside, actually just about forty minutes south of where Seth is right now. And um, Scoop, they, they show scenes of him as a kid <laughs> at in Iowa with some corn and stuff. So it was, it was fun to see Iowa uh, in that context also. Um, but in general, Chris Pine is perfect as Kirk. I don't, I don't need to tell you all the details, but it, it's, it's still good. It's still good. Go watch it. 
Yeah, as, as Cody said, uh, this is going to be on the poster, uh, the new poster. Uh, it's Cody, from Cody. It rocks! <laughs> <laughs> With two X's. I haven't, I haven't heard anyone say something rocks in a while. <laughs> I think, I guess, I don't even mean, like, I mean rocks. It's, it's a specific thing that can rock in the way that I'm trying to say it now. Like, Hamilton also rocks, but, like... <laughs> But this movie rocks in a way that is like, um, in the in a way like, that only an action movie can rock. Like it's really fucking cool, and um, it's cool, and it makes me feel cool by watching it. Uh, so it's kind of like rock, it like literally rock and roll. Like that, it, it's like that to me. Okay. It's like it's like if ACDC, ACDC, if ACDC <laughs> played me a concert, I'd be AC like Daisy. that rocks, and I feel the same way about like really awesome rock music like ACDC's as I feel about Star Trek. That, that, that's okay. what I mean when I say rock so many times. Also, it's just dope. So, yeah. I, 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 re- I rescind none of my rocks. I know I repeated it about a hundred times. I, I mean, I just remember back in like the second grade, you were like, this chocolate milk rocks. So, I mean, I just don't have a, a frame of reference. <laughs> so, chocolate milk in 1996 is the equivalent to Star Trek in 2009. I'd say that's fair because okay. that yeah. that chocolate milk did fucking rock. I don't know if you <laughs> at 1230 on a school day were taking a drink of chocolate milk and going, no, this isn't very good. I, I never did. Not in 12 years I of just, public school. I didn't. I just remember that um, we had a milk machine in high school that had like the best chocolate milk in it. Mm-hmm. Ooh, in those bags? No, it, no. Um, it was uh, it was just like your normal the sack plastic. of milk. It was a plastic sack. bottle. <laughs> yeah. yeah and it was like extra chocolatey oh so good i that know how you like donuts. your milk extra chocolatey <laughs> lady you're scaring us <laughs> um for my one more thing uh i'm, I'm gonna send a link over to you cody and oh, i guess seth yes. too so you can maybe set this up but uh, uh it, it's tiktok surprise surprise um TikTok. and this this kid who I, I believe I did some backstory. His name is Julian Bass, and uh, he is like a 20-year-old, 21-year-old yes. graphic designer and stuff like that. And he put together this uh, TikTok video that's very interesting. Like, I don't, I don't know if Cody can cue it up and play it when yeah, we get to that it. point. But uh, yeah. it's, this, it's this kid that has like a lightsaber and transforms. Anyway, it got like 23 million views on Twitter. It got the notice of Bob Iger James Gunn, Zach Braff, like a whole bunch of celebrities, and I don't know if they offered him jobs or anything. Like the Lonely Island is in here as well, and I am I L M. Like this thing, the definition of viral. This thing went viral, and for good good meaning because like it is fantastic what he did. Mm-hmm. Seth, have you seen this clip? Uh uh-uh. uh Oh okay, I'll pop it up and show you here. Um, this is highly highly effing cool. Um, let's see here. Highly effing cool. Highly. It, it rocks. <laughs> it rocks, yeah. The whole story is is pretty interesting. Um, what's happened since has been really, really um, fascinating to see people jump on this guy's, um, to his to his aid. Check this out. Hmm. 
goes right back to the beginning. That's yeah. cool. Yeah. So this kid, I guess, edited this whole thing together himself. He's he's 20, I believe. Um, but it's literally this last three seconds of him as Spider-Man. That, he looks like, just like Miles Morales. It is holy shit level <laughs> just like. Like, I watched this. Swear to God, my first... Th- I'm gonna. T- this is a little bit embarrassing, but I'll be honest about it. Like, I have definitely been holding out hope that there's still some world in which I eventually get cast as Miles Morales. That's that. That's still. That's always been an outside, like, long-term dream of mine. Uh, this, when I watched it, I was like, "Yep, that's it. Never gonna happen." <laughs> <laughs> that was my first reaction. Is, oh nope, you're not Miles. Um, so yeah, this guy, he looks so perfectly like him, and the way that everyone took that video and were like, no, Disney has to see this, you guys. Let's all tweet it. Mm-hmm. And in like a day, it got to him. And yeah, I guess he's in touch with those people and he fucking might end up being Spider-Man from a TikTok, which is if hilarious he, to think about. If he becomes Spider-Man, like that is the greatest story ever if that is that the case. Because the thing is, even looking at it and, you know, it's special effects, he did it himself, but he does look just like him. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And it's... Yeah, it's it's really uncanny. He could play him perfectly, and I don't know. It seems like he's been more um, the the effects and the editing is more of mm-hmm. his specialty. Like I don't know if he's a trained actor or not, but um, Disney's had shitty actors in their stuff before. And I feel like if this if he did end up being cast and they brought that movie out, I feel like a lot of people would go because they they'd go, oh, remember that TikTok oh yeah, we gotta go support that kid. Like if mm-hmm. it's anything like the Twitter storm was, like people would go see it. I would go see it even just to support that kid. Obviously I'm seeing it because it's Spider-Man. But this was really, this was really, really cool. I was This This is one of those things that makes you happy the internet exists when every yep. other day of the year you you, you, you hate it. <laughs> if, if anything, he's getting a job somewhere working in editing, graphics, design, something like that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yeah. Yeah, other than this fucker taking my job, um, very very happy for for Mister Mister Bass. The ticker jibs. The ticker jibs. Jesus, Seth, what do you got? Uh, uh, more of that. A ticker jibs. Um, no, I watched another older movie. Um, uh, uh, my dog Skip. Yeah, my dog Skip. Um, I watched uh, Taika Waititi's What We Do in the Shadows um, oh, yeah. this this weekend. Um, I, I enjoyed it. Um, for those that don't know what that is, uh, it's basically like a mockumentary with vampires in current times. This The show, movie takes place in New Zealand, and then I watched the uh, first episode of the show, which takes place in Staten Island, but it's a house full of uh, vampires and... Um, they're just kind of, they're living their life and, you know, being vampires, but it's a comedy. It's got the Taika Waititi sense of humor in it and everything like that. And, um, I enjoyed it. There, there's some scenes where I was dying laughing. Um, and any, any sort of Taika Waititi humor I'm, I'm down for. So it's silly and, and, but at the same time can be pretty smart and some good bits in there and things like that. And then I enjoyed the show quite a bit, um, as well. I think both the movie and the show are cast really well. Um, and, uh, yeah, I'm excited to check out more of the show. Uh, I hear that, uh, season two is even better than the first one. So, um, I'm, I'm excited to continue watching. Well, there you go. What we do in the shadows. I know I've, I've, Jared, did you see this one? 
Yeah, I saw the movie. Um, I think it was one of those instances of everything was overhyped. But I am actually really curious about the show because I've heard of the things that they've done and expanded the lore and everything like that. Mm. Yeah, I watched... Uh, I saw the movie a few years ago, but um, I was inebriated and fell asleep, honestly. So I need to watch it again. I also saw a couple episodes of the show and it just didn't stick. Um, but I, I, I do need to give it another another go round. Because um, the qualm I had in my head was that it was like too dumb. But if Seth liked it, it's not too dumb. So like, that's where... Because I know if it were too dumb, Seth would be like, yeah, this is fucking stupid. I'm not watching it. Um, so I'm going to give this another shot based on Seth's uh, enjoyment of it and see, see if I enjoy it more this time around. So we have uh, What We Do in the Shadows and uh, the 2009 Star Trek, uh, some rewatch recommendations there. And then keep an eye out for this new, this new kid playing Spider-Man this week and one more thing. But I'm down to one more, one more thing. Well, that's going to do it for this week's episode. <laughs> Oh, wow. Uh, don't forget to check out the description box. You can find links to all of our sponsors as well as many of the stories that we covered today. So check that out for all the information as well as links to uh, to Jared's different uh, outlets and media forms and things like that. At Jared Buckendall. Jared, uh, what's what's coming up this this next week or so on the channel over there that folks can look forward to? Yeah, you can find me at my different outlets in the comments down below. <laughs> I'm sorry, that was just weird. Um, over on J Buck Studios this weekend, actually, I just have a, a, a you, di- you didn't get the review this week. We'll, we'll get it next week. Uh, Palm Springs, a Hulu original. Um, that comes out this prob- Friday. We, we can probably edit that back in somewhere. Now, I, I want you guys to watch it. I, I, wanna, I want us all to talk about that one. So okay. we can, unless you guys want it. No, that's fine. Whatever. Okay, yeah, yeah I'll hold off on that whatever. one. Whatever. Um, but yeah, jump over there. There's a Palm Springs review. And then this weekend, I'll probably be checking out the old guard on Netflix. Gray. Is it Greyhound? Greyhound. Greyhound on Apple TV plus or whatever the hell you call that. And then I don't know, maybe some sketches and stuff. I I thought of something funny the other night during J Buck live about snake quake or something like that. So (laughs) there might, there might be a sketch coming out for that. Very good. Very good. Well, make sure you guys make your way over to the YouTubes. At Jared Buckendall. Become a subscriber so you don't miss out on any of that great stuff. Um, let's see. We got the sponsors. We got Jared. Man, I guess that pretty much does it for this week's show. Um, anyway, thank you guys for listening in. This has been episode 151 and, of and the, the most awkward show. I could, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> one, one, can, I, can I say one final thing? Yeah, see, I knew you wanted to say something else. That's why I didn't sorry, it. Sorry, Jared, sorry, sorry. We didn't, we didn't have it written down. Um, if anyone needs any design, editing, filming work or anything, uh, please help me. <laughs> I need work. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, hit Jared up uh, at, at Jared Buckendall. At Jared Buckendall. On the Twitter, hit him with a DM or something. Uh, if you're a podcaster or a YouTuber or a filmmaker, anything in there, uh, and you're looking for some editing, uh, some s- some video editing, podcast editing, anything under the sun. And, uh, if you've seen any of Jared's work on YouTube, you know that he he he's fucking good at what he does uh, when it comes to the editing and paying attention to detail, especially. So, uh, if you could use some help on that kind of stuff, uh, hit Jared up. He'd he'd be a great a great way to improve upon the quality of whatever it is you're putting out. And if you're in the uh, adult film industry, uh, Jared will either um, do a DP. Or um, be the DP. So, you know, it's either one. 
If you want both, I can cut you a good price. <laughs> there you go. A little two for one there. I like it. Um, well, with that... <laughs> there you go. All right, folks. Well, that's actually going to do it for this week's episode. Uh, for Jared Buckendall and the so-host Seth Ott, I've been the co-host Cody Michael, and we will see you next week. Goodbye.